and welcome to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast. My name is Emily Rose Simons and every month I upload onto the internet three songs and a bit of spiel wrapped in a rough and not quite ready podcast. So browse your emails, scroll through Insta, embark on a three-day battle on Twitter or whatever you like to do as you listen to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast, episode five. The theme for this episode is modern communication. When I was young, a teenager or even a tweenager, I would lie awake at night and wonder, is drama dead? Now, you must understand that I was watching Boy Meets World, The Wonder Years, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and in these programs things would happen or stories would be would be moved forward because someone went over to someone's house or went up to them in the corridor or rendezvoused behind the bleachers, whatever bleachers are meant to be. People in these programs would find each other to talk face-to-face, and things could only happen pretty much when two people were physically in front of each other. Now, even in the early 2000s, this was not the world I knew. Go round to someone's house? Unscheduled, unannounced, unbelievable. I would watch a character go over to another character's house to say something that in my life would have been communicated by a phone call? A text? An MSN status update? My god, a fax would still be less psychopathic than spending 45 minutes on three buses just to, I don't know, pop round, say hello. I mean, I don't even think I knew the addresses of even my best friends at school. So, there I was in bed thinking, if no one ever stood in front of another person to relay a message, then how, how am I going to write my Tony, Olivier and Oscar winning musical? How? Many years later, I finally had a technological experience that inspired me. When I was in my very early 20s, I had one of those toxic on-again, off-again people in my life. Each interaction more difficult and stranger than the last. I vividly remember typing, I am crying right now, onto a soggy keyboard to continue some sort of harrowing Facebook messenger conversation. We were constantly trying to figure out if we were simply a horrendous divorce waiting to happen or if there was still a way to wriggle away from such a fate. And through this, I realised desire and pain need not be confined to in-person interactions. Whatever the strange force that was between that person and I was most definitely flooding into every form of communication. A glance a text, a message, a phone call or simply the choice to be present or not present was yet another opportunity to embrace or bruise one another. And from that time, here is Texting the Muse from my EP, My Little Songbook. You caught me looking back at the door My head briefly emerging from the window seem to catch me when I have no intention of being caught I can't promise you anything I can't promise me anything 
I can't promise anyone anything at all But you know me more than I know myself And you know I will let you down I always seem to be looking at you Trying to catch your eye before looking away I always seem to be looking at you Through closed doors I close myself I can't promise you anything I can't promise me anything I can't promise anyone anything at all But you know me more than I know myself And you know I will let you back at the door my head briefly emerging from the window pane. I always seem to be looking at you through closed doors I close myself that was texting the muse from my ep my little songbook recorded around a decade ago and i think that track was produced by jake bright whilst we were still at university together what i find interesting looking at that song now is the way it explores the distance how a text message in itself can be the expression of a sometimes necessary heart bruising amount of miles between two people and since then I've had various run-ins with modern communications. I once received a text message from a boy, a boy I really did like, asking if I would like to go for a drink with him, which immediately prompted me to throw my little innocent Nokia across the room and then have to put it back together again before answering yes. Or waking up at 6am in New York so I could be somewhat alive and around for a rehearsal happening in London. Or when I returned home from New York, um, I would have weekly and routine catch-ups with my friends over whichever video communication decided to work at that moment, which in 2017 meant a swift rotation of Facebook chat, WhatsApp and indeed Skype. Which brings me to my show, The Repatriot. With the main character plummeting back to the UK, shrouded in her self-created doom, she is unable to respond to the messages, messages sent to her across the Atlantic Ocean. This is Sad Emoji, the opening of The Repatriate. Hi, send. How's it going, send? Are you sleeping? Send. You're probably sleeping. Send. Just want to let you know. Send. I heard from Apple. Send. They'll let me know something sometime, maybe next week. Send. Just casual. Send. You know. Send. 
Not as if the rest of my life depends on their decision. Send. And send. Dot, 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 send. I miss you. Send. I hate knowing that you're not just round the corner sent, not just in a meeting sent, but gone. Send. Sad emoji. Backstabbing bitch, send. How's the family? How's that rain? Send. Have, Have you, you had, had a cup of tea? tea? Send. Delete. I thought of you. I thought I saw you on the subway. In my spin class. This, girl this freak had hair. Had glasses just like yours, but way more chic. I hoped it was you. I miss you, margaritas don't taste the same without your boring conversation. conversation. So we're thinking, not just round the corner, can't just see you later cause you're gone. Send, delete, sad emoji. That was a rather drafty version of Sad Emoji from The Repatriate. Over Christmas, I combed through and deleted old emails, literally tens of thousands of emails, and I came across the confirmation of a new account I had set up on the 18th of March, 2020. 
It was my annual appraisal at work, originally meant to be in person, but the church preempted the inevitable and shifted to work from home a little tiny bit ahead of the first lockdown in the UK. One of the board members taking my annual appraisal asked the Reverend and I to download some quirky, odd sort of video chat thing called Zoom. The 18th of March 2020 was also my 30th birthday, which meant that that year, 2020, was my last opportunity to apply for a very specific application process for a young musical theatre writing thing for a youth theatre. Um, I believe this opportunity cuts off their age, um, the age to apply for it at 30, to increase the feeling of existential doom and hopelessness that is of course a necessity for all writers over the age of 23. But this was going to be the year I really took this application and all applications extremely seriously. I approached my references early. I blocked off time in my writing schedule, working backwards. I wrote in my calendar when to start recording the demos, when to start the scores, when to draft lyrics of songs, and most importantly, when to come up with the idea and draft the synopsis. And when this week came around, I sat down to start brainstorming ideas, and indeed, like a strong breeze, came a musical called Susie's Becoming a Woman. It is a musical about a 12-year-old in rural town in a rural town in England whose mom has converted to Judaism through the only liberal and progressive synagogue in the surrounding counties. Susie is preparing for her bat mitzvah and she cannot be more flipping excited. Like for her 20 uh, July 2020 cannot come fast enough. And yes, the musical does start in March 2020. I wish I could now say, obviously, I did not submit that musical. That obviously I did not submit a musical about Jewish things to an opportunity that is so obviously geared towards mainstream British society. Obviously, I did not submit a musical based in such a specific time and place that it will age extremely quickly and become dated before anyone can say international schools licensing. And... I wish I could say that obviously I did not submit a show where one of the principal characters is a non-binary rabbi or where one of the storylines is Susie's best friend Chloe developing a massive yet surprising crush on one of the mean girls in their year, especially once that meanness dissipates over lockdown and they start a friendship. I wish I could say that the moment that this entire idea came into my mind, I went, huh, that's weird. And then came up with a super normal, super mainstream idea that encompasses an experience that literally every mainstream British child would identify with and wouldn't have even the most conservative parent confused in the slightest. But no, this idea refused to leave my brain. It was in me obsessively and wouldn't let anything else in. I desperately wanted to explore how in a time where supposedly life stood still, quirky people were growing and learning about each other and themselves. Around the country, Zoom rooms were filled with lovable collections of the most surprising eccentrics you would otherwise find milling around a progressive synagogue on a Saturday morning in their home counties. And 
Susie's mom may have originally scheduled her daughter's bat mitzvah for when the Methodist Bingo League is scheduled to be on a coach tour of Scarborough, which would make the church hall across the road available. But Susie's becoming a woman um, and that's not something that can be scheduled, rescheduled or pushed back. Thinking about this show gave me so much joy that there was no space for anything else. And before I knew it, the dates for the synopsis, lyrics and scores were all approaching. On the night I sent in my application, I knew I could have printed off the entire thing and just set light to it and I would get the same result. But I sent it in anyway. So... You are about to listen to the first draft of an opening number of Susie's Becoming a Woman, which begins in the first virtual lesson for Susie and her class. And to be fair, listening now, I can tell there's the classic inaccurate age pitching here from a writer who spends literally no time around children and has no idea for uh, no who has no idea what a twelve-year-old sounds like. But uh, oh well, here is. And my dreams are weird. I'd like to begin our first session by asking if you have any questions. So, H.J., any questions? Questions about what exactly? About anything you like. Could be lockdown related or... Is the world ending? Are we going to die? Will we run out of food? Is our holiday cancelled? My brother's in Australia. Should he come home or stay abroad? Is school really closed? Are we gonna come back? Will this be finished by summer? Is this a hoax? I saw a video made by Italians. Is their warning getting ignored? Why does my mum constantly wash her hands all the time and then immediately puts on hand gel? Why can't my dad sleep at night? Am I sleeping well? Way too well and why and why are my dreams so weird so weird so weird i dreamt my hands were what's it so weird so weird i dreamt my mom was elizabethan reality is like a scary movie i have always been and my dreams are weird with the prime minister in my hospital. dad says he's a knob he called my aunt a letterbox he shouldn't have written that don't want him to die though what happens if he dies He's not going to die. He might. Don't lie to us. Let's change the subject. What have you all been getting up to to make you feel happy or... Video games? Walking my dog? Not watching the news? Not leaving my room? My dad has started talking to me. He might actually be cool. Eating loads of chocolate? Having a bath? Wearing pyjamas? Not wearing shoes? I feel really lucky I still get to go to school. I sneak into the farm so I can have staring contests with sheep. I don't have to wake up at 7 a.m. So I get to have more sleep when my dreams are weird. I married a sandwich. I was playing hopscotch with Dominic Cummings. Which one is he? Lady Gaga didn't like my curtains. I shrank my little sister in the washing machine. Working hours feel like soup. Now our calendars have cleared. And, and my dreams are weird. What's the point? What's the point of this? What's the point in pretending to go to class? What's the point in learning and not getting tested? What's the point in being smart with no reward? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point of my sister's stress and her constant studying? If she can't go to uni with all that pointless knowledge she stored? My rabbi says, Shut up, Susie, you're not even Jewish. Felicity! Your negativity is not helping anyone. And we are talking about Captain Tom completing 100 laps of his garden today, so. 
So let's take this moment to all go round and share something we've achieved since the beginning of lockdown. Would anyone like to start? Anyone? I can speak Russian. I can bake cake. I am writing a novel. I'm trying to dance. My cousin's teaching me to cook. He can't go home to Santorini. I'm volunteering. I'm sewing masks. I'm coding an app. My mum had a breakdown. I'm in charge of my little brothers now. And my nan's extra proud of me. I've learned not to hate my family, though they're annoying in so many ways. I've been keeping a dream journal now for 27 days because, because my dreams are with I dreamt I was hugging my grandma, I was playing with friends, I was in a cafe, dreamt I was taking a ballet That was And My Dreams Are Weird from Susie's Becoming a Woman quite possibly my favourite musical I will probably never write. But I think of my young self kept awake with fears of drama and plot being obscured by the modern world can safely put her fears to bed. Modern communication is no longer a strange and awkward gimmick to give some sort of modern twist on another on an otherwise traditional form or genre, like Minotti's operetta, the telephone, or the film You've Got Mail. You can send a gif, raise an eyebrow, bake a cake, post a letter, record a voice note, make a podcast. In She Loves Me, a woman sings about how a man gave her ice cream, and that means everything to her. And in 2022, those three moving dots can have your heart in your throat in seconds. Modern communication is now simply communication. And where there's communication, there's connection. And where there's connection, there's exploration. And where there's exploration, there can and maybe and sometimes has to be a song. So there you are. If you have enjoyed listening to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter for updates on the podcast, plus on my website, songsofemilyrose.com, where you can also find the lyric sheets of all the songs featured on the podcast. Plus, if you would like to listen to the songs without the spiel, this month the second rough and not quite ready Songs of Emily Rose podcast collection will be available on most outlets, including Spotify. Until next month, I have been Emily Rose Simons, and thank you for listening to the Songs of Emily Rose podcast, episode 5. <laughs>